Okay, um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Heath. I'm the lead pastor here at Reach, uh, and we're in week two of a series that I'm entitled Jumpstart. I, I don't know about you guys, but I like January mostly because it's not December. <laughs> December for me, for whatever reason, it's kind of the end of the year, it's the end of the age, it's the end of that, and, and for me, it's like I'm kind of, I, I, need, I, need, I need to get out of 2018 and into the fresh year, and, and there's something about January that just sparks something that I didn't have in December that I have now again in January, and I want to cultivate that with us. I want to jumpstart. I don't know if you've ever gone out to your car and it's getting cold, so batteries are beginning to not work as good as they do when it's warm. If you've ever been out there and turned the key and it doesn't crank up, um, you know, it's it's bad. It's not good, especially if you're like me. You've waited until that moment that if you leave right then, you're going to be a little bit early. Well, if you have a dead battery, that delays your time. But you know, you get jumper cables out there, and hopefully you do that correctly. And if you don't, ask somebody to help you so that you don't hurt yourself. Uh, but that jump start, that gets your car working again. And so what we want to do over this, this next three weeks, including today, is to jump start the part of us that you have because you're in this room. You're in this room because maybe someone dragged you, or you're in this room because you love Jesus, but if you're somewhat leaning towards this creator, king, savior, God. Our focus and attention is, is required for us as believers to be on him. And, and what we want to do during the series, what we started with last week, I don't know if you guys were here, it's online if you missed it. Um, we want to jumpstart our prayer life and Don did an excellent job doing that. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about jump-starting our sight. And no, this is not an infomercial for laser eye surgery. I mean, could be. That was kind of funny. Um, so here's my one thing that I want, I want us to, to glean from today. And you'll hear this in the text that we're going to be in, which we're going to be in Matthew 6. The one thing is that if your eyes are good... What does that mean? We'll explain. Then your whole body will be good. That's my one thing, which that's in verse 22, in verse 6, which we're going to get to. But here, here's a question for you. How are your eyes? And let, let's just talk practically. Well, how, how are your eyes? Have you ever lost your contacts or glasses if you need those? Have you ever tried in the dark to make it through a new environment? Let's say you're going to a hotel or you're at somebody's house over Christmas and you've got to make it to the bathroom. You don't wake up people and you're in the dark. you ever been in the dark? Our, our vision is critical for make, helping us get where we're going. And the truth is, without our eyes working good, we would be lost literally. And if we're going to get 2019 jump-started, we need to get our vision corrected, which is what we're going to talk about today. But how do we adjust our vision, here's the bigger question, uh, if our eyes are working? So the problem is most people in this room are like, I can see, Heath, like, what are you talking about? Well, you can see, hopefully, unless somebody brought you in here. And here, here's, here let's look at it this way. Just like driving and texting. Never done that. That's a lie. Okay, I'm just that's a lie. 
That's a lie. But just like driving and texting, our eyes are working, but not focused on the right thing, the road. You hear what I'm saying? This is what I'm talking about. Like, we can have great eyes, but have them focused on the wrong thing and be running into people, telephone poles, other cars, off the road. I have, on two different occasions, not because I was texting, ran off the road, overcorrected, and, you know, it's been bad. One time I rolled into a ditch, didn't have a seatbelt on, survived. Lord loves me. I did get a piece of glass in my finger. Not that if you don't survive, the Lord didn't love you, okay? That's really bad theology. That's not what I'm, not what I'm talking about. Like, sometimes things come out of my mouth like that, and I'm like, that's not what you mean. He, maybe it's the Holy Spirit going, um, but what we want to talk about today is that reality that you may be sitting here going, I see he's, I, I have clarity of vision, and I'm, I'm moving in the right direction, but the reality is, is you may be looking at the wrong thing. Saying, I want to love and serve Jesus. And Jesus is this corner, but I'm focused over here. And the reality is, is I cannot look at this corner and run to that corner without running into something. I can't do it. I mean, if you try that, go in an open field. And this isn't like, I don't know if y'all have seen the movie with the blindfolds. Anybody? Okay, there's this, I've not seen the, the, the videos of people doing this, but there's people that are blindfolding themselves and trying to run away from things. Which is idiotic. But that proves my point. I mean, like, if you don't have eyes, like somebody told me there was a dad that did that. He had his two kids and he knocked his kids out. Like, okay, let's try this out of my blindfold. I'm just going to go for it because something's after me, which it's not. Anyway. So we are all heading somewhere. Whether you know it or not, you're you're moving in a direction. It may feel like you're sitting still, but you are moving in a direction. The question is, are you heading in a direction that you want? Today, we're going to look at part of Jesus's most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. You may have heard of it. It's in several of the Gospels. It's it's the most continuous, lengthy sermon recorded in the Gospels. And there's more, I mean, you could spend the rest of your life picking apart just what he's saying in those red letters, and it would shape and mold our life. I mean, if we could listen, and, and this is what I want to talk about. See, at the time, this could have been viewed as a sermon as an up-and-coming rabbi. Like, hmm, this guy is good, I like him. Some of you have podcasts of other pastors, which I don't, I mean, I don't. That's good. I listen to other pastors. But you may think, man, this guy is good. Well, he's not just a good teacher. Because that's what could be thought, that, that we could even have that. Some people still look at it that way, viewing the words as only from a good, moral, religious teacher. Like, this is good stuff. There's wisdom here. But the problem is these words aren't from a good, moral teacher, which he is. They are the words of the living God. Who did what we could not so that we could have what we don't deserve. See, if we're going to look through the lens, and this is Reach Community Church. Is this your first Sunday here? Here's the lens that we look through. If we're going to look through the lens of the reality, these aren't helpful, 
principles, which they are. We're not saying they're not principles, but they're not only principles. They're not only things that we go, "Mm, if we are nicer to people or if we served or if we did these things, we would be better. These are words from our creator, the God who right now exists, keeping you alive. Jesus is speaking... Holding everything together, the the molecules that just happen to form you right now, Jesus is working those into the way they are so that you are sitting here in the form that you are, just like this chair. All of the things in our world, God is holding them together. He's sitting beside the Father, praying for us. This is the God we serve. We don't just, oh, we want good moral teaching. We want to obey some rules. We want to serve a living God. So if we look at... These words, any other way, we may go, mm, yeah, that's, that's good. But in your mind, you're going, I ain't going to do that. It's kind of like fasting when you talked about that last week. That's a great idea. Some of you really holy people, you're going to do that. I'm not. The reality is, is you'll do whatever is necessary to get the thing that you want the most. You're doing it right now. You'll work in jobs that you don't like. To have money to exist. You'll do things that you don't want to do to, to have what you think will satisfy you. And no, I'm not telling you to go quit your job. No, I'm not telling you to, you know, I mean, you might get downsize and minimize and all that other stuff and get rid of a few pair of shoes. It's not necessarily what I'm getting at. But if we want eternally for our life to matter, we have to focus on the right thing. And so before we get into the word, let's pray. Jesus, we are constantly in need of you. Lord, we need your direction, we need your understanding, we need your wisdom. And today, right now, we're going to look at words that you spoke to your people over 2,000 years ago, and they, they have meaning and purpose for us today. And Lord, I cannot give these words what they need in understanding for everybody in this room, including me, without you here, without you present. And so, Lord, we, right now, we just want to thank you for being here. We want to invite you into our reality. So that we can see and understand the things that are going to change our lives. Because we want what we couldn't do in 2018 to be possible in 2019. And Lord, we just declare that without you, those things are impossible. But with you, they're possible. So Lord, speak through your word, which is a lasting testament to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So remember again, these are his words, not mine. These aren't good ideas that Reach says, hey, if you do this, you do that, you're going to be better. This is Jesus. And there is so many things that are going on in and around this text. If you're reading along in the one-year Bible, this was this week, literally. I mean, you had the Lord teaching, Jesus teaching his people how to pray. You had them talking about fasting. Um, you, You have this... Right after this, if you deal with anxiety, there's a whole section talking about don't be anxious. These are his words to his people. And here in this middle, it says 
lay up treasures in heaven is the title of this section. Here's what's going on. And so in verse 19, where we're going to pick this up, chapter 6 of Matthew, it's going to be on the screen beside, behind me. In verse 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. See, I want to get to 22 and 23, but we cannot understand 22 and 23 without 19, 20, and 21, and then verse 24, because they're part of that. So what is he talking about? Like, don't, I mean, because you're, I don't know if you've walked around your house lately, but there's stuff there, right? You ever moved? Move. You don't realize how much, don't take this wrong, you don't realize how much junk you have until you have to put it in a box and move it. I mean, you don't like people. I helped Daniel move yesterday and like they moved the couch. And one of the kids was like, there's a slap bracelet. Remember those back in the, you know, we, we, and there's like my bracelet. Like it was this thing that's been under the couch for so long and it was out of sight and hadn't, you know, been discovered. But then it was discovered. Nah. And so what what am I saying here? Am I, I saying like go home today, like sell all, you know, garage sale, get everything gone, have nothing. No. But what I'm talking about here, what we're going to get to in 22 and 23, is how you look at those things. Because you can have all those things and there not be an issue. And you can have all those things and it be an issue. You can have all the stuff. So we can't look at somebody and go, oh, they have this. They're, they're, they're into idolatry and they, you know, they're, they're coveting the world. The reality is, is how we view those things, the stuff that we store up, are they our treasure? And I heard one pastor say one time, said, if you want to find out where your treasure is, which is also another word you could say where your idols are, is to begin to take things away from people. When they get angry, you've discovered it. Remove them. And so if we're looking at these things to be our treasure, if we're looking at our bank account and go, I have security. If we're looking at where we live in our, in our neighborhood and what we drive and all these things for who we are, our identity, we're treasuring those things for what they do for us. And the danger is we can be like, I want Jesus. That's our Jesus corner. But like, I love these other things. Amazon Prime, two days, baby. Be at your house, anything you want and desire. There's a there's a wrongful joy that comes from me every time I see a box on my porch. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let's just confess here. Like I you know, I don't I don't like I don't struggle for this with this. I'm like, oh I just ordered a new pair of floor mats for my truck. I mean it's stupid, like it's a floor mat, but it's Yes. So what don't store up treasures here because the reality is is as much as we think eternity, Jesus, all we know and have experienced is this. And in our brains, as much as we're saying, I'm kingdom bound, I'm heaven bound, my treasures are in heaven, all we know is this temporal, limited place. 
And so it is hard to not literally spend every waking moment going, mm, if I have those shoes, if I have that watch, if I have that car, if I have that thing, then I'm going to be happy. And the danger is, is it screaming treasure, treasure, treasure? And then we'll be going, I want Jesus, but running for the thing, for the treasure. Where <clears throat> moth and rust, let, let's, let's put another word in here that, We'll probably hit home a little bit more. How about hurricanes? Store up for yourself treasures on earth until Hurricane Florence comes in. Takes it all away. The truth is, if we lay up those things here, we're going to miss our rightful treasure. The foundational error that they are guilty of is this. This is what his, I found this in the commentary. That they choose the world as their reward. There's the error. It doesn't. And you can't take it with you. I, I don't know. I heard a long time ago this. I think he actually brought a U-Haul up on the stage. I think it was Louis Giglio years and years ago. He's talking about we, we can't take it with us. The beauty is understanding that all of this stuff that we treasure, all of these things that I would get frustrated if someone dropped or broke or scratched or whatever, when you take that last breath, it, it becomes someone else's. It, it leaves. You know, no hall. You've never seen a funeral procession with the, 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 the hearse. <laughs> the hearse. With you all behind it. You don't take it with you. The, you know, the kings of Egypt try to store all of this stuff in here, but they're still dead. And all of their treasure is still hidden in this spot that someone else, hundreds, thousands of years later, will break in and steal. And then verse 21. It says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we treasure these things here, then our heart's going to be there. And if our heart's there, which we're going to get to in a second, it cannot be somewhere else. It cannot be divided. And then verse 22. Verse 22 is really, when I was reading it this week, I, I, 22 just jumped off at me. And this is really why I'm talking about what we're talking about today. 22 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be healthy. See, remember, this isn't just words from a good moral teacher. This is a loving, honoring God who wants to know and experience you completely. He wants all of your heart so that he can make you into what you're going to most desire. Like, he, he's not sitting in his divine throne room going, hmm, how can I aggravate and upset so-and-so today? He's going, I want to do these things so that they will have what their hearts ultimately long for. And we, we get the pleasure of that because if you're older than five or six, you realize that that thing that you treasured will eventually lose its power. I mean, think about it right now. What, what in your house do you still try? I mean, that you've had for decades that you like, you know, you, t you still tell people about when they come to your house. Have you seen? 
my brother-in-law used to always, he, his, his, his humor is repetitive. So he's not really funny. So he just figures if he says something over and over again, it'll get funny. And so for like six years, every time I saw him, which wasn't much because we didn't live near each other, I was like, have you seen my new bag? Have you, like, he's just a, it was a bag. It was like a leather satchel. You see, every time he would walk into the, have I showed you my bag? I'm like, yes, John, I've seen your bag. It's great. But that's my thing. I, I don't, he didn't, I just saw him at Christmas. He didn't say anything about his bag because the bag is gone. And of course, he was trying to be funny. The bag wasn't really a treasure for him, but we're the same way. Nothing that we have right now is the treasure that we had when we were five years old or 10 years old or 15 years old or 20 years old. Because our, our heart is constantly moving from one treasure to the next. And what he's saying here, which doesn't really make sense unless you see it through the lens of 19 through 21 and incorporate into um, verse 24. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if the eye is healthy, the whole body will healthy. If your vision, and they talk about this uh, a lot in the commentaries, if your vision is singular... You'll be healthy. Well, singular and focused on the right thing. Because we're not like chameleons. I don't know if you've seen those. You know, the little eyeballs can look and focus on two different things. We can't do that. I cannot have one eye on this corner and one eye on that corner and, and visually take care of that. And I have a little peripheral. I can kind of see a corner while I'm looking the other. But if we have a singular eyesight, our body will be healthy because if we get our eyes in order, everything else is okay. Everything else works. So the question is, are your eyes healthy? Are your eyes, as it relates to this that we've covered so far, are they healthy? Are they focused on the right thing? Because if they're not, the movement is, is you've got to change that. So right now, the first section is, is what's going to be greater. It's either going to be heaven or earth. It's what we've covered so far. In a little bit, you're going, to talk, you're going to hear it's either going to be God or money, which are similar, but singular focus is it's going to be one of the other. You cannot be double-minded. You cannot have double vision. And so here's, here's the, the back side of that. In verse 23, it says, But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So getting our eyes correct, getting our vision singular is pretty important. Because if, if, if just in what we've read right here, if the, eye, if the eye is the lamp of the body, if your eyes are healthy, then the whole body is healthy. Who doesn't want a whole body that's healthy? And I'm not talking about physically. But who doesn't want a, a you, who you are, to be healthy? Not many of us in this room, unless you need lots of counseling, we go, oh, no, no, no. I don't want health. I don't want emotional well-being. I want a little bit of crazy. Maybe you've got there. Talk to me after. We're going to have prayer counselors up front at the end of service. We will anoint you with oil and help that. But on the adverse side of that, he said, but if the eye is bad, if, if it's not singular, if it's double-minded, then your whole body is full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And then he, he, it seems like those are isolated, but what he's talking about is either you're going to choose heaven or hell right now. I'm not talking about later. I didn't mean hell. 
I meant earth. Heaven or earth. Well, you choose heaven or hell, but that's not what we're talking about today. Heaven and earth, or you're going to choose God or money, because here he goes on the inside. So 22 and 23 are sandwiched in between of this. Verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Cannot. If money is your treasure, let's do the math here in our head. If money is your treasure, then what is not your treasure? God. If earth is your treasure, then what's not your treasure? Heaven. This is what we're talking about. If we're not singularly focused. See, if we want to jumpstart our year. If we're not fixing what our eyes are trained on. Where we're going. Like having them be, this is where I'm going. Then you're going to run aimlessly. And Paul says this. He said, you know, I, don't, I, I train my body so that I can. I don't beat at the air. I don't run aimlessly. I run to win the prize. What prize are you after? Because if it's a comfortable retirement, if it's collecting seashells on the seashore, which aren't, isn't that God created those so we can collect them. I'm not against those. But if that's your treasure, what isn't? Because I'm just telling you, I'll simplify the rest of your life. Every other treasure that Jesus will leave you longing, will leave you empty, leave you hurting and in pain. And, and when you're hurting in pain, when you're longing and empty, you hurt other people. Because you look at them to be your treasure, which they cannot be. Let me just tell you, husbands and wives in here, your wife or your husband was not created to be your treasure. Because you can only have one treasure. They're, 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 God puts you together, and there's so much beautiful benefit for that. But my wife cannot satisfy a need that only God can. And so when you put your mind on other treasures, you look to your spouse to do what they cannot do. To be your savior, to be your redeemer, to be everything, your joy and your peace when they cannot. But when your eyes are focused on Jesus is the source of that, then it changes everything. Let me just tell you, the more, and this is a process, this isn't like, ah, okay, I, don't, I cannot give you divine contacts when you walk out of here so you only see the gospel through the kingdom, and everywhere you go, you'll be like, oh, I need to talk to that person. I need to do this. I need to do that. I cannot. But I can introduce you to the guy, his name is Jesus, who wants to live in this intimate relationship so that he can literally lead and guide you through life. He didn't just give his words so that we could obey the rules. He gave us his words so that we could know him. And then knowing him leads us to this intimacy with him. So the only way that we can focus our vision correctly is to set our eyes on Jesus. So how do we do that? Here, here's the simply. Now this is so much. I mean, this we could we could literally spend the next the, the spring. We are going into the spring, right? I know we're in the winter, but we're heading. Okay, it's January. We could spend the, the all spring going through literally. 
place after place that we could in our, our life and our walk shape and mold us so that we are experiencing holy. But let me just give you a little. And this is partly why we've been asking people to set aside things during this 21 days in prayer and fasting. And maybe you've, you've missed the first week. Maybe, you know, you, maybe it took a week for you to kind of get into this mode of like, hey, I want to do something different. I'm willing to do something different. Then don't be like, mm, well, I missed the start. Might as well not do it. Do 14 days of prayer and fasting starting today. And what does that mean? Now, there's prayer and fasting. God's up there. What we're not asking for you is to stop eating completely unless God calls you to that. What I am asking is for you to change some things in your life so that every moment of every day, you're thinking about what you're giving up. And that thinking about what you're giving up, hopefully, and this is the purpose, not that you're like in torture because you're giving something up, hopefully is reminding you over and over all day long of why you're giving that up. Because I want more Jesus. Let me just tell you, like, the, 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 what I'm doing, like, every day I'm thinking about what I can't eat. And every moment that I, I look at something I can't eat, I go, this is why I'm not eating it. So here are some things that we can do. One, we can be in his word. If you're not already in his word, there, there is no other way. There, there is no relationship with Jesus without his word. Because there is no way for us to know him without his word. And you cannot. You cannot. Like, you, you wouldn't eat on a buffet every Sunday, and that would, be the, that would maybe be a diet that you would lose weight on, but it wouldn't be good for you. Eat a buffet every Sunday and don't eat anything else. Because some people look at church just like that. Well, I'm coming to church. I'm going to get my food on. And I'm going to leave here and then not eat all week long. And then I'll come back next week and I'll get it. And the reality is is that doesn't work. You've got to be in the Word. And the beauty of our technology today is that you can literally download an app, the Bible app. I think it's one of the most downloaded apps. It has audio on there. If you're, you're thinking, um, you know, like I, I struggle with reading and uh, whatever. Whatever your excuse is, the Bible app can ruin it because it, it can read it to you. Translation. I mean, like I do ESV, you can they'll read it to you. You get some of those Old Testament, you know, like he begot he and I'm listening to that, buddy. I can't even pronounce one of those names, much less the 50 of them that are in there. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Every time I preach out of the Old Testament, I'm like listening to that word. I gotta say it. Listen to that word. I gotta say it. Listen, and I still say it wrong. But there, you literally can start a plan. So you can get on. We're doing the one year Bible. It's literally the one year Bible. It's got a little trademark. It's got a little picture of some trees in the background. There's lots of Bible in a year, but that's what we're reading. And so when we're not doing a series, which is the majority of the year, we're preaching through the words that you're reading, if you're reading it with us. And, and maybe you look at that and go, man, that's too much. Well, if, if you like the idea, then eliminate the Old Testament. Read, read the New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. I'm not saying that the Old Testament isn't valued. There is great stuff in there. But I'm just telling you, if, it, if it's a time and you still want to kind of be with us, then, then skip over the Old Testament, read the New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs every day. You could do that within 10 minutes. Easy. 
And, and there's literally a Bible reading plan for everything. If you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with anger, if you're dealing with lust, there is a Bible reading plan for everything. So you can have a devotional right there on your phone. Mine at 616 every morning reminds me, don't forget to read. You can set reminders, notifications. You can become friends with people. So then they see when you don't read. Not that I want you to read because you want other people to see that you read because... You can just get in there and be like, click, 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 click. Oh, Heath is doing so good. Click, click. I want you to read it, not just click it so you can be like, look at me. I usually lose my streak every week because Saturday or Sunday I'll miss one of those. And, you know, and I see other people and they have like 250 day streaks. I'm like, you're great. I'm not. <clears throat> so what do we do in his word? And, and so part of it is reading. Reading is the beginning. Have a plan. I have realized that if you don't have a plan, you won't read it. You'd be like, I want to start reading the Bible today. If you don't have a plan to do that, what are you going to do tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and be like, oh, what should I read? And then your time's gone, you're late for work, and you leave, and you don't read. But if you've got a plan, not that you can't deviate from that plan. But if you've got a plan, you know something I'm going to read this morning. Um, For those that are ChristianAudio.com, they give away a book every um, month for free. All you got to do is have put an email account in there. The uh, Morning and Evenings is the book they're giving away right now, which is a, a book by Spurgeon, which is a morning and evening devotional. Great. Free. Not a substitute for the Word. He does talk about the Word, but good devotional. So what, what does that mean? Be in His Word. So study, memorize, be obedient to it. Can't just read it. We've got to you know, we got to study it. We got to bring understanding. We got to take some of those verses and memorize it. Some of the most dangerous things that you can do for the enemy that is against you is memorize the word of God. Because when that hits you, when that thing hits you and, and you have something, because Jesus, when he's confronted by Satan, what did he do? He just quoted scripture. I mean, he could have literally DDT'd Satan, like crushed his head on the ground if he wanted to. No one else knows DDT. Okay. Um, he could, have done, he could have smacked his face. All, he could have done whatever he wanted. And all he did, because he knows that we can't do that, all he did was quote the Scripture because there's power in the Word. So if you have words, Scriptures, memorized, when you need them, they're there. And key to the Word always is that you read, be obedient to it. If God's calling you to something, walk in it. Last week, one of the great things that we can do is we can talk to the Father. I loved Don's illustration of bringing James up here and then James getting into the arms of Daniel. And that, that's what it is. And uh, Dan, I mean Daniel, Alan's correct. Like sometimes we think prayer is this like King James. Pro, uh, just talk. Like my kids back there. They're, they're not, you know, they don't come to me a little bit later when you're not here and say, Our Father, if it would please you, could you provide me lunch today? They'll just say, Dad, I'm hungry. And if I don't answer them, they'll be like, Dad, I'm hungry. If they don't answer, you know, it just keeps on. Persistence. Read about the persistent widow, widow knocking at that door. Be a child that is constantly talking to God. <clears throat> And the last thing, love and serve the things that he loves and serves. 
God loved his people. He said that you would know my disciples by how they loved. Love and serve the things that he loved and served. He loves his children and he loves his church. And no, this is not a ploy for me to get you in kids ministry, which I know you hear them. And that's key to who we are. And we do need you there, but that's right. That's another sermon. So my question is, as we close, I'm going to ask our worship team to come back up. Are, in relationship to what we talked about, are your eyes good? Is your body full of light or is your body full of darkness? If your body's not full of light, what do you need to do to change that? Because this is what he's talking about. He's like, look, you're going to choose heaven or earth. You're going to choose God or money. You choose. And so what I want to recommend is that you, as we close this service, as we go into worship, as the prayer team comes up front, that you go, I need you. Like most of my prayer and worship, dear in worship, is God, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I need you. And, and be willing to say, I need you, Lord. My 2018 wasn't that great. And I want 2019 to have more, not more stuff, not more things, but I want 2019 to have more of you. And the best way to get more of him is asking. Because he says, he said, you wicked, evil parents, if you give good gifts to your children, how much more so where our Father in heaven gives good gifts to his children? He's talking specifically about the Holy Spirit. But that's the gift that we get. Ask. Say, God, I need you. I'm desperate. It doesn't work the other way. Ask him. I love, uh, I was listening to uh, the song and uh, part of the word of a song, not that we're getting ready to sing, but that we sang, I meant to say this earlier. It says, it's a new horizon, 2019. And I'm set on you, which is what I'm talking about. So it's a new horizon, it's 2019, you want 2019 better, you better set your eyes on something that it, when you get there, it's going to benefit you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now that it is by your grace and mercy that we have breath in our lungs, that we have the ability to even comprehend your word. And so, Lord, I pray that today that we'd be people willing to admit that our eyes are bad. That we would be people willing to acknowledge that we need to adjust where our direction is going, where our eyes are set. And Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would do what we cannot, that you would bring truth to our somewhat, well, totally deceiving hearts. Lord, I pray that you would not allow us to stay in our lives, that you would allow us to be transformed right now by your grace and your mercy. Lord, we desire your joy and your peace that you alone give. And so as we worship, let us honor you. And Lord, if there's those in this room that have 
<clears throat> played with the things of God, but they've really never chosen you as their treasure. Lord, I pray that today, right now, during this song, that there would be a conversation, there would be a acknowledgement of their need for you, our Savior King. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you'd bless the close of our service, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would move us towards you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.